What's happening, my dysfunctional family members out there listening? Welcome to another episode of View from the Hill. Today I am joined by Andrea Don Quartz and Jason Trout, who make up the duo The Touchy Feelies. You can catch them around town at your favorite local watering hole, brightening up the place with their music and all-around fun vibe. What started as a conversation after hours turned into a musical project for these two. So sit back and relax as we talk about their music, life in Athens, and what it's all about. Tonight, the touchy-feelies on View from the Hill. I'm on my way.
What's happening? Welcome everybody listening to the newest episode of View from the Hill. You're listening live www.viewfromthehill.com. I'm here with the Touchy Feelies and we just heard a track from theirs. What was that? What was the name of that song, guys? That song's called Hard Time. Hard Time. I didn't know. I kept apologizing. They kept coming here. I said, "Oh, well, we're going to play this first song and I don't know what it's called, and I'm sorry, so you'll have to educate me. Guys, thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure, man. We're yeah, excited to be us. here. I yeah. think it's going to be a lot of fun, too. Thanks a lot. I, uh, I'm i still getting over the weekend. Well, the weekend's not over, but I'm still getting over it because <laughs> that crazy stuff that's happening at the Union. Mm-hmm. Have you guys been over there yet? Oh, yes. We're back, you know? It yeah. felt like um, we didn't have a home base for a year and a half or whatever, but, man, it feels so good. Home is back. You know, like I I kept bumping into people that I'd seen the day before, two days before, but seeing them in the union, it's a whole different thing. (laughs) Right? It felt real good. Giving the hug, like, you know, I don't know how many hugs I gave the last couple of days to people I've seen very recently. (laughs) Everybody's happy. Jason Trout. That's me. Andrea Don Quartz. Yep. Thank you guys for being here. I, I really appreciate it, especially in this uh, the cicada season we got going on right now. Yeah, man, it's nuts out there. <laughs> I came out the other day, and it was it was the choir had started, the chorus of the cicadas. Happened overnight, it seemed like. Uh, Thanks, question too. I wonder if every seventeen years there are these new garage bands that start and call themselves the Cicadas. Because I thought about what a good band name that would be, but it probably won't occur to me for another seventeen years after this. <laughs> You could probably link up with some other people every 17 years. That'd be, that'd be a pretty interesting project to have. He'll, he'll still have me with him. <laughs> he ain't getting rid of me that. Years from now. One show years. every 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I want to learn a little bit of, uh, about you. You guys, um, are you natives to the, to the Athens area? Go ahead, girl. I am from Wellston which is very close to Athens, obviously. It's about 45 minutes away. Right. And, uh, but I've been in Athens for 10 years. I claim it as my home at this point, and uh, I love it here. I don't want to leave. Don't want to leave. I, I, I don't either, except <laughs> I, I always like complain about the cold weather, so there is something that's like, well, why, why haven't you moved? Right. Because it's Athens, because not it's just Ohio. A- right. It's Athens, yeah. Because it's Athens. <laughs> it warms up eventually. Right. You, sir, where are you, uh, where are you originally from, Jason? I was born uh, in Marion, Indiana. Um, me and James Dean, that's where he was born to. <laughs> um, and then I, I went to Ball State University, graduated, and the day after I graduated, I moved to Austin, Texas, and spent many years there, and uh, traveled the country playing music, lived in Knoxville for a little bit, um, and then uh, ended up meeting a girl on tour, and we made a baby. So, uh, and we're not together, but, uh, we share custody of her and, uh, she teaches, not the baby, but the woman teaches at <laughs> OU. So that's, she took a job a few years ago here and that's what brought me here. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. You know, it's one of those places I wouldn't have known to even think to move here. Right. You know, but, oh man, you know, I was welcomed with open arms and it's definitely my kind of vibe of a town. It's definitely hard to, you know, it's hard to feel like an outsider if you don't want to. I mean, everyone's very just, come on, yeah, you know, come yeah. hang out. It was good because I have been an outsider my whole life. So. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome in. Allow it. Welcome in. Yeah, thank you, man. 
that. So you you say you were playing, uh, Jason. You were playing music um, for years. You said traveled all around playing your uh, music. So uh, has it always just been what you and a guitar traveling around, or were you? Gosh, no. Um, well, I first started making um, music. I actually made it was, it was uh, the genre was hip hop. I uh, growing up in Indiana, there in, in this small factory town, there weren't a lot of musicians. Um, and there was, there weren't many people who were, um, who shared my level of intensity with passion for music, you know, even just being a fan. Um, so I, uh, I started making music by doing old pause tapes where you would take, it's basically what DJs did in hip hop. You take a section of music and loop that. But this is not the the eighties, so I didn't. Right. Have so a how were you doing? It. Right. Manually, I would get a boombox and it would have a dual cassette, you know. And you pick pick out that section of music on this cassette, press play, press pause to get this side recording, and ten seconds later, hit pause right at the right time, rewind this side of the tape. Oh shit! I, I was watching a documentary on a tribe called Quest, and I guess Q-Tip used to do this back in the day too. Um, uh, which set me at ease a little bit to know that you know, <laughs> someone who was actually doing it like that. Cause I would spend hours cause it took hours to make like a four and a half minute track that I could write a song over or rap over or whatever. But yeah, my first two albums that I put out and this was back in the early nineties, my late teens were hip hop records and ended up opening for too short on a tour. Um, did some fun things. So man. wait, so were you rapping? I was absolutely rapping oh he can right rap on. it's good it's yeah. real good <laughs> it's a it's a it's a talent that i, I don't you know it, when you boil it down when you take all the magic away from it it's just rhythm and vocabulary absolutely and i have those in spades i get so it. but i think i as i made those records and toured i started to play guitar and piano and started mm -hmm. to teach myself some things that um making hip, or staying in the hip-hop genre kind of left me unfulfilled mm -hmm. so i started putting together live bands um real shortly after that and that you know playing kind of alternative rock type stuff um bluesy stuff when i moved to austin that's what i was doing and i toured with two different bands you know four guys in a van that yeah. kind of stuff um and then had some deals with some record companies the uh, big business side of things didn't go awesome the way i would have hoped it to and ended up uh finding a lot of solace in being a solo artist after a lot of the dealings went down. So then I did travel. Just uh, me in a van with my cat. Well, then you're not alone. I wasn't alone, actually. <laughs> I played this show in L.A. one time. The guy comes in. I'm getting ready to go on. And he's like, hey, man, there's a fucking cat in your van, dude. And I, I looked at him real wide-eyed. I'm like, just one? <laughs> he goes, yeah. I go, okay, we're cool then. We're good. <laughs> you travel with your cat. So, um, you know, for for anyone out there listening or anybody who's been keeping up with the show, I've had single guests on every time. So you guys are my first duo. So I'm I'm gonna be kind of learning how to do this. So I don't know if it's like a tennis match where I'm going back and forth and back <laughs> and forth, but I'm gonna have to do that now. Um, you know, Andrea, when did when did you kind of start getting into music? Um. From the time I was a kid, really, I always played piano, and then I sang in the church choir, and uh, I was in, I played in concert band, and I just always, I mean, I loved to sing, but I was shy. And did you have it? Did you have like lessons? Did you have like the? Did did your did you do lessons for your parents? Um, I know my parents were always like, do lessons, mm -hmm. do lessons, and no, very, they're always just 
whatever I wanted to do, they were all about, but they never forced me to go to lessons. And uh, I kind of wish they would (laughs) have. This would make me probably be better now. But um, yeah, no, they just have always, my mom is an amazing singer. So her and I actually grew up singing together like all the time. We would always sing together. So I always think of her whenever, every time I play a show, I think of my mom because she, yeah, she's great. That's, (laughs) yeah. That's sweet, right? I love it. No, it is. It is. But I like I like knowing everyone's upbringing with that because I've had a couple of guests on now too who who they've gone kind of the opposite way. You know, like playing piano was like punishment, or like you know, oh, I hate I hate doing it, and it like drove a lot of people away from music. But once again, they come back saying the same thing, like, "But I'm really glad I got into it, and I wish I would have been into it." Um, same same thing with with me. I mean, my like I was saying, my folks they would have given anything for me to be playing piano and I don't know I was like 12 when they were asking me and I just thought that was the stupidest thing ever you know I just I had the picture of the old woman piano teacher and no I did not want to do that and so at the beginning of this year it was my it was my resolution my new year's resolution was that I was going to teach myself how to play piano now and and I've been looking back the whole time thinking I wish I would I wish I would have been doing that. I, I can we go back in time? That's and, one and of my major regret, regrets. I came up in a family and no one played music. I mean, my mother was the biggest music fan, and that's where my love came from. It, but nobody played anything, and I think my family was confused by me, by my desire to do it, and didn't really know, you know, where to push me or what to do whatever so looking back man yeah i could probably not be such a hack on the guitar if i'd have started my lessons a little early but you know i was tearing it up on the little league field right how are you gonna give that up yeah those were glory days man oh man the way i used to think is it was you know when i of course when i was an 18 year old getting into music it was like i'm gonna get in i'm gonna be a musician and get the ladies yeah but when i was 12 i was like i'm gonna be an athlete (laughs) get the ladies (laughs) I just had a home run in Little League. (laughs) I'm going pro. (laughs) So, um, you know, the the duo now, uh, you guys sound amazing together. Um, Some chemistry is definitely going on there. So you've come from two totally different kind of separate sides. So how does a duo like you kind of meet and start doing this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't have any desire to start a vocal duo with somebody I didn't, I'm I, lucky yeah I'm lucky I got I'm his attention lucky. I guess <laughs> the union man the union I'm, yeah you know I got I came to town I've been here for two and a half years now almost I came to town and I found the union and I found a home there like I remember walking in and I think I told AJ Castro the first time I saw him I'm like I saw you and I thought okay I can be here I'll be all right <laughs> And uh, everybody that was there, the music was playing in the union. So I felt comfortable, and I was by myself. I didn't know anybody. And one day I'm smoking a cigarette outside the union, and Andrea plops down next to me and just starts complimenting my ensemble, mm-hmm. you know, whatever I was wearing. Shoe. Those are the coolest shoes I've ever seen, Jason. <laughs> this is my Andrea impersonation. <laughs> oh, my God, that is the best shirt I've Oh, you're the coolest guy I've ever met. And so after like three seconds of that, I was like, all right, this girl's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we did. We uh, I, we tell this story all the time. It's super cute. Um, we started talking about bands and Neutral Milk Hotel came up and you have a tattoo. 
Mm-hmm. I do. I have a tattoo. Neutral Milk Hotel is my favorite. I Lyrically, it's just the most beautiful like lyrics I've ever heard in my life. And they're just some, I love them they're so much. One, I mean, they're one of the, those acts that Jeff Mangum, if you know who that is and you dig him, then you, you're cool by me. Right. So you, you had me there. And we, she played me a song that night called Glue that was a Neutral Milk Hotel uh, and Gerbil's song. I'd never heard it. I wasn't familiar with it. And it was her favorite song. So we sat there on the bench outside the union with, you know, she had one earbud in and I had the other earbud in and we listened to that song. <laughs> and it was months, months passed after that before we started our band. But that was definitely what laid the foundation of us having an awesome relationship and wanting to hang out together. We'll be able to get along. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. And, you know, it's compounded by the fact that I didn't have any friends at the time because I hadn't been here long enough. So it was, yeah, she was sort of the head of the welcome wagon for me. (laughs) But yeah, then a few months, we were talking about earlier, a few months passed and she texted me a snippet of her singing. And I was just blown away by it. And the, I mean... The emotion that carried me throughout that day was like, I'm starting a band with this girl. This girl I already like, <laughs> you know, like sweet. She can sing. And uh, I, immediately, too, I knew we were going to call us the Touchy Feelies. I like told you that immediately. Yeah. Did you immediately think it was just going to be a duo? Or did you want to get it more like a band and her be yeah. like singing? The aesthetic was going to be the two of us singing. I always loved um, like Graham Parsons and Amy Lou Harris and the things that came after that I think are all derivative of that but I love the folky guy singing awesome harmony vocals provided by a girl I just figured that I could write songs that kind of highlighted that back and forth um so I dug in immediately I'm like all right we're the touchy feelers let's go we started playing shows pretty quick too I wrote those first handful of songs really fast Mm -hmm. yeah it kind of felt like that to me like I heard that the touchy feelies were playing and I was like the touchy feelies. And then, you know, I found out, um, you know, my first reaction, honestly, and I apologize because I had known you for a while and it must've been a similar kind of thing, but it seems like you guys, like I said, have that chemistry. So mine was more of like a, really, I had no, I was like, well, why hasn't, (laughs) <laughs> why haven't you been in why why haven't I seen you do I couldn't believe that I had never seen you involved anymore and I went up and saw you and, and heard you and I was like, yeah, what what? It was really just kinda kinda mind blowing and, and cool. And I love that. And it did seem like it happened really fast that it was just suddenly, hey, they're playing there, they're doing this and He has like, a way of bringing he brought me out of my shell so quickly he just made me feel comfortable from day one because i mean you know and the way that you and i had met hill is that through the music scene in athens you know i was always running around with elemental group theory and you're always you know i always came to see dysfunctional family and Mm -hmm. um i always was just kind of on the sidelines you know helping out with merch and you know i always went everywhere with them and stuff but i think that i was always intimidated by how many amazing musicians and singers and songwriters there were in Athens. So I just kind of hung back and watched. And then, you know, me sending him that recording, I, well, for, for years, I have 
played ukulele and sang and recorded myself and I never let anybody hear it ever. It was just for me. It was just my hobby. It's what I did. And uh, I downloaded a new recording app and I wanted to test it out. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, he was the only person I felt comfortable sending it to. I was just kind of shy about it. And so I just sent it to him. I was like, does this sound okay? That's, I think, literally what I said. Does this sound all right? That's what you said. <laughs> was it you playing uke also? No, I was just, I, it was just me totally singing. Acapella. Yeah, just acapella, just singing, uh, like, I think it was actually a religious song. Just it was like a gospel a, tune. Yeah, it was a gospel tune. I just, it was just a 30 seconds, you know, little snip of a song that um, I didn't really, I expected him to be like, good job, keep up the good work. I didn't really in a million years expect him to be like, um, we're in a band now, so this is happening. <laughs> you just should not have been that good. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You know, Thank you. <laughs> it was good enough to really, you know, light a fire for yeah, me. That's great. So. How did you guys approach it, really? Because, I mean, I know um, it is sort of a town dominated by uh, by rock and, and sort of jam bands. And uh, uh, so so how, how did you guys approach it? You know, coming in as kind of like a, a sort of quieter, but get your get your get you dancing kind of duo. What was the approach? Um, I think we're still approaching it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I had, was still new enough in town to be naive about, you know, I just started booking shows everywhere we could book them. And I was playing solo shows at the time, too, and with uh, my louder band, City Deer. And any opportunity that kind of arose for me to slide the touchy-feelies in here or there, I did. We ended up playing some really good lineups. You know, bands came in from, the, remember, Mama Drones came in from Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, they, and that was fun. We started playing with more bluegrassy mm -hmm. uh, artists. And then full, we played that show with Ben. Ben Leeson. Yeah, Ben Leeson. Two the, years ago. Yeah, that was, he was one of the... He was one of the opening acts with yeah. us. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, he's a folky, kind of indie folk dude, singer-songwriter. So we found, we found uh, other people who played softer and sort of the same style as us to, to play shows with. But then we also kind of pride ourselves on being able to play a, a punk rock lineup or, you know, a jam band lineup. We've played plenty of those, too. Mm. Um Definitely. I mean, you guys, uh, you know, you guys, you guys helped me out and played in that show I organized for that that union benefit. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, you guys played amongst fun. some uh, some rockers <laughs> over there too, because you guys did the Jackios uh, stage, right? We did yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a mm -hmm. fun night. That that, fun that night. went well. We were happy to be part of that. Absolutely. That was a really fun night. That was a really fun. Yeah, well night. done, man. And then we well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> And a dysfunctional family. We closed out of Jackios, so I I remember creating the lineup. I was like, that's gonna be a wild one. And, mm -hmm. It was. Place the touchy feelies in there, so that that goes well. You guys like doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Is it almost oh, feeling yeah. like like almost like a challenge? Well, I think it is. Anytime, like if you get up on stage with an acoustic guitar, it's a challenge. If you got a room full of people, you know. I was watching that Prince thing where it's him um, in an arena, but it's just him sitting on a stool and he's playing an acoustic guitar. He plays like five songs. It's been mm -hmm. circulating a lot since his death. But you watch it and. He's commanding an arena on stage on the acoustic guitar. And that's one of the few people that can do that. You know, it's hard to command the skull at yeah. all. <laughs> that's where I was the most afraid, honestly, was the skull after playing and much bigger, way more people around. I think the first time we played the skull, I was a little afraid because there was some, like, you know, like, kids with mohawks and stuff in the front ready to like well yeah and i mean it's i i can understand that because i think at the skull too the the crowd's a little more in your face they're, they're right there mm -hmm. and uh 
They'll tell you how they feel. I think it is a challenge. Yeah. And I think that I'm really, even though I'm super laid back and, you know, a very gentle dude, I accept those challenges head on. Like, all right, here I am. Andrea, not so much. Like, so I think that my bravado, you know, what I have to do to fool myself to get on stage anytime, because, you know, let's be honest, it is kind of weird to go, all right, I'm awesome. Let's get up. <laughs> let's show everybody how awesome I am. But if you don't think like that, you know. But anyway, so I have to remind Andrea how awesome she is. I mean, because she's the real talent in the band. I just have enough uh, interest in writing songs that I keep churning them out for us to sing, but... I'm glad you already know that. I've been trying to figure it out the whole time of how to let you down easy yeah. and, and tell you that. But I'm glad you've already accepted that. No, let me down hard, man. So no I don't need. have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, take off the kid gloves. <laughs> That's really awesome. That's really awesome. So did you 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 kind of skip the whole open stage thing? It sounds like then you were just booking shows. Yeah, yeah. We didn't well, play after, any. Did after we play doing, any? no, we just didn't going. play a single. I don't open think mic. we did. I've never played an open mic in my life. I sang karaoke a couple times. <laughs> that is amazing when you think about the fact that this girl never been involved in any live music whatsoever mm-hmm. in terms of singing. Nobody even knew she sang. And then you meet me of all people who's like, okay, let's jump in the van. Yeah. Let's just do let's it. Let's get this thing going. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to have a band, let's have a band. Well, that's cool. I mean, you skipped all the boring stuff anyway. Kinda. You get to go <laughs> right to the fun times. Yeah. That's that's good. Do you, do you ever find people... Um, you know, after a show or even, you know, some of your friends being like, hey, let's let's make this bigger. Oh, should we let it kind of <laughs> back? I mean, we we've been needing to make a record for a while now, uh, and I've been putting it off for different reasons in terms of like money, um, resources, how to record it. But it got to the point where we really needed to make make one now. We have, the songs are there and we kind of need it to further our touring and playing shows. So I've been reaching out to people. Um, we were really looking for an upright bass player and a drummer to kind of add some things. And we, uh, just this week, turned into a five-piece. So we're, we're going to rehearse and make the record in that vein and likely, of course, play shows then as a five-piece. But uh, we want to maintain this, you know, our ability to always just go and play it as a duo too, mm-hmm. whether it be for you know convenience reasons mm-hmm. or whatever but yeah we uh we've been approached a few times about needing different things or, or people wanting to jump up on stage and join us but it's really happening now mm-hmm. drums bass and and ben who we just talked about ben leeson's going to produce the record he's one of the ta- most talented kids i've ever met hey, guys, Excellent. where are you where are you going to be recording that at in the Plains, Ohio, in my basement. In basement, a basement recording <laughs> yeah, where man. all great records are born. I think okay. so. I think so. I think lots of good music is uh, born from limitations. You know, we don't have a big studio, we don't have any money. So, mm-hmm. and I was telling somebody too, like I've never listened to a record and gone, "Oh, thank God they had two million dollars to make that," because. Boy, it would have sucked without that extra five hundred thousand right. dollars. Well, the stories go too. I mean, a lot of the stories go. A lot of Lou Reed uh, stuff. Um, you know, I've heard uh, Alanis Morissette. I, I don't know. I've just heard a lot of stories where the original recordings happen in bedrooms and in basements, and then the millions are spent on like the produce, the 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 mixing and the mastering right. of it. And that's where a lot of these artists. I mean. DIY is the way to go. That's where so too. And the I think a lot of that comes. money is spent making it shitty. You know? I mean taking the feel out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The grit. We like the grit. We want 
we want that, you know? That's why I love when people take videos of our shows. I love seeing that because, yeah, I overanalyze it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I could have done that better. I could have done that better. But I don't want it to sound perfect. That's, no, not, what, that's not what the touchy-feelies are. We're not trying to be perfect. We want to be ourselves. And uh, we want to have look like we're having fun. And I think we do. Yeah. And yeah. I think you can suck the fun out of it trying to. Right polish okay. things and I'm getting it. better you know I like used to over like what did I did I do that part right should I should I change it <laughs> you know I'm getting better about being loose more loose just about you care I want yeah, you to care yeah yeah absolutely I gotta yeah. give a shout out right at that point then because that just pops a story into my head I, I uh, was recording some music with one of my guests uh previously it was on Dutch Williams shout out to Dutch Williams and we were recording his solo album and uh I'm pretty sure that I still have the 40 some recordings of one verse that he did. He, he was in this mode this one day that it was just like nothing was good enough. I was pounding on the mic, just pulling my hair out like, come on, we're good. We're good. This is it. It's not going to get any better. Chinese democracy of verses or whatever that Guns N' Roses album that never got made. The perfectionism. Yeah. Speaking of Prince, too, you were saying, uh, you know, another recording story is that I, I had no idea that Purple Rain was originally recorded from a live performance. Yeah, dude. And yeah. then there were some overdubs done on it a little bit, and, and it was cut a little bit here and there. You did a couple of those Purple Rain tracks like that. Baby, I'm a Star was done like that, too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's amazing and, to think that a song that, you know, has been around that long and will last and got that last us. On the radio, and it was recorded live. And it was recorded live. And to just like, you know, what we, at least, because I have no real idea what that level of the music industry is. No but my perception of it is, is that you've got to be a badass motherfucker like Prince to convince a record label to let you come out with a live song as your, like, number one top hit title track to your album. You know, crazy. like, what, in my mind, record producers are going to be like, no. Yeah. You're recording that. It's going to be perfect. You're not doing a live. Based on rule. You know, they, yeah, they'd rule out the live right away. I love it when people are able to go against the grain of what, you know, mm -hmm. Neil Young and Tom Petty have done stuff like that too. Like, I just. I romanticize in my head that it was just totally Prince being like, no, fuck you. <laughs> I'm doing it how I, I want. That. And that it was like a big likely. deal. Yeah, right. Well, it likely is actually that at that point, it wasn't even a big deal. Like Prince just did it, and that's just how it was. Likely, there was just like, because I mean, he's just. You're probably right. Right. At that point. But he's just the man. I don't know. I romanticized this thing about Prince. I still haven't gotten I, over his past. I romanticized everything about him. Well, you know, I put that thing together, that Prince Night together over Jackie O's. Did you? I didn't know that you put that together. Yeah, that was my doing. Um, and it, I'm so happy because it went really well, and it was just like. A lifelong thing for me when I was when I was making those hip hop records, for instance, you know, back when I was 17, 18, 19, Prince was the end all be all. Like I learned everything I know about music from that guy, how to layer vocals and how to, uh, you know, edit yourself and kind of get uh, trim the fat off of songs. And, um, you know, when he passed away, it was like this immediate thing like, OK, I have to do something. I have to do something. So I started emailing people right away. It was funny too. I wanted to get people from different 
sounds and, and genres, you know, I wanted country versions of Prince songs and punk rock versions mm -hmm. of Prince songs. And the country and punk artists I was contacting, I don't think they got it. They're like, <laughs> we couldn't do Prince Justice or whatever. I'm like, no, I don't want you to wear assless pants and do a 30-minute guitar solo. I want you to... I want it to be you. Yeah, I want it to sound like... So people came through. Water Witches did their set. It was awesome. Ben Leeson's set was fucking amazing. And, you know, Touchy Feelies played three Prince songs that sounded like Touchy Feelies songs. Mm -hmm. And City mm -hmm. Dude did the same. And, yeah, it was really cool. I'll... I don't know. It it seems like that guy unified people from different walks of life, maybe better than any other artist. Because you know, black, white, whatever. You know, it, <coughs> whether you're like a porn addict or a devout Christian, you know, there's room for you for you and Prince's music. Well, that kind of links to what I was going to ask. Then you know, I was going to say, you know, what do you say to the guy walking out of Jackie O's that night, going? Prince is rolling in his grave right now. <laughs> I'm what, sure there, you know, I mean, what do you say to that guy? that guy? Yeah, oh, there there's is that guy. There's always going to be that guy. Uh, I didn't hear it from anybody, but yeah, I wondered. Uh, <laughs> I wonder who, yeah. I mean, it, it's, things are sacred to people, especially on that level. You know, Prince's music is sacred, which is ironically the exact reason I wanted to do different versions of it. Because my, my feeling is Prince was like, okay, all right, <laughs> way to go. Appreciate that. You know, nobody's trying to rip me off because they can't. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. His lawyers would be on you if you would have been actually covering Prince songs. Oh, yeah. But you weren't. Yeah. I actually had Starfish and Coffee up, a solo version of it, like three years ago. And I got a cease and desist order. What? From his, yeah, from his publisher. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And they took it off of YouTube. I didn't even have to take it off. They nailed it. Yeah. He protects his stuff. I was saying that before. I couldn't believe a person that actually locked it down as much. I, I couldn't find anything online. Yeah, I, it's pretty it's crazy. Amazing. Pretty crazy. Just oh, man. R.I.P. Prince. We got a little off track there. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wanted to actually take a little bit of a break uh, because we were just talking about you got this new project that you're recording and talking about recording. Yeah. And I was, uh, you know, getting a hold of you this week, getting ready for the show, trying to find some music to play during the show. And found out you didn't really have any. Um, so we're going to play this other one right here. I wanted to make the uh, make the statement here. So this isn't live in our studio. This is live uh, in yes. another in another radio show. Yeah. So we're going to take a break here and listen to another one of your songs. When we get back, you'll have to educate me on it a little bit too because just like the first one, I'm, I probably don't know its name either. Oh, yeah, we'll get you. We'll we're going to come back with the touchy-feelies, Jason and Andrea. They're my guests here on View From The Hill, live at www.viewfromthehill.com. We're going to listen to another one of their tracks and come right back with them. Called I, I Don't Care What You Say. Kesey loves this song. It's no good, I will not 
ever take a breath if it's not in my own way. I don't care what you say. from the hill www.viewfromthehill.com with the touchy feelies and i said i didn't know the name of that song but i'm gonna take a guess <laughs> of what that one's called yeah you probably guess that i don't i don't care what you say <laughs> meaning i do care what you say that's the name of the type of the name of the song i don't care what you say sassy my uh, i remember um starting to write that song and feeling like okay i'm, I'm gonna write a buddy holly song Played by the Ramones. That's what I did. That's nice. where I don't care what you say came out of. So, um, you know, as of right now, then, how is that kind of? Is it sort of, Jason, are you the songwriter? I am. I am. I've written, we're recording 10 songs for the album, and I wrote all 10. But that's not because I haven't encouraged her to do some writing. Yeah, that's true. I, without overanalyzing, I was telling you about... <laughs> Plus, like, I mean, Jason's just so, like, good at it. Oh, I know brother. it sounds like an excuse, but this guy can bust songs out just so perfectly. And just, I usually just kind of take it. And I'm like, should I harmonize here? Should I, you know, he lays out a basic structure. I write a harmony. And it's just, right. it's such a good, um, just, just feels so comfortable the way that we're doing it. So it's like, I probably should <laughs> not slack as much on trying to write music. But Well, do you do kind of what I call, like, production singing you know so like, so like while he's doing it you kind of go like "Ooh, what if i did this instead that's her role you know yeah yeah, yeah. how about i right. do it this way right, and then right. he's like oh that's that's good that's oh definitely good. he encourages that 100 percent right. too well, that's writing i kind of yeah. say it when is there's a collaboration going yeah. on absolutely yeah. well how do you um you know so i gotta ask this uh you're doing a lot of writing of songs so you're you're writing uh um, the majority basically the lyrics yeah um you know as a writer where are you where are these songs pulling from how, how what's your writing process like you know for a song do you get the music first do you get the words the touchy first feelings has been different I've, when i i've touchy feelings project's probably the first time i've sat down even when i had bands it's probably the first time i've sat down to write a song specifically for a project um that's not to say sometimes i'd be writing songs i'm like ooh, that'd make a good touchy feelings song but most of the time i'd sat down to write a song for us and the thoughts that go in there before I even come up with a guitar progression or chord progression are, you know, what, what would be cool for me and Andrea to sing about? 
Most, I think, I think we're gonna call the record. I haven't even told you this. I think I want to call the album "Love Songs About Love." Oh, I love that <laughs> because wow. the, you know, just letting people know, I'm aware of the fact that every lyric I think on this album is about love in one way or another. <laughs> right. um, a lot of the first songs are about losing love, or you know, maybe they're all about losing love. <laughs> oh man, that's that's a good niche to have though. This duo that sings happily about heartbreak, happy heartbreak. Sing, hey. There we go. It's some. Hey, I think I think, I think the, it, all the albums right now. Happy heartbreak. <laughs> I like that. I like that too. <laughs> so I told you. I told you I was gonna awkwardly transition this, and so I gotta put on the brakes here because you were telling me some sort of interesting story outside too. <laughs> you noticed I've got some Tarantino posters up in here. Some. And <laughs> just a few. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, I put these posters up here. I said, anyone who comes in here and says, yeah, I like these movies, well, then probably I'm going to like you. Yeah, man. That's probably what it is. Uh, but you were telling me uh, that you actually met met Tarantino, and uh, I heard a little bit of that story outside, so I, I got to say, you got to tell that okay. one for everyone yeah, to hear. this is a good one. Um, yeah, I lived, I lived in Austin, Texas for years. The wonderful thing about Austin, Texas is that um, no matter who you are, whether they ha there are some high-profile people that live there, like Matthew McConaughey, Sandra Bullock, um, big stars. But it's I've been out in Hollywood. It's not like it is out there where there's this real self-awareness of oh my goodness, there's so and so and there's so and so. You know, Sandra Bullock can be at the bar and nobody's bothering her. She's in jeans and a t-shirt, and it, that's kind of the whole idea. Is the millionaire celebrities in Austin just don't. It's, it's, they're more approachable, you know, you'll just find yourself next to them. And on this particular night, Quentin Tarantino was in town. I was, uh, going to a show, a KRS-One show, and, uh, I was super excited about it. I'm a long-time Boogie Down Productions fan, hip-hop fan, so I go to Antone's famous blues club in Austin, and I'm watching KRS-One, he starts his set, and I'm singing every lyric, and there's a guy next to me who's singing every lyric too, but beyond that he's really getting off on the fact that I'm also singing every lyric. And the guy is Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> and he's very exuberant and very um, animated. Um, and uh, the people around are all, you know, excited about the fact that, you know, people are grabbing like, that, that dude that keeps dancing on you, that's Quentin Tarantino, as if I didn't know. Um, <laughs> and I had pink hair at the time. And he found it, uh, he, he enjoyed calling me pinky hip-hop he started and kept going and i think that uh that kept him talking to me all night which was fun you know so if i had to be called pinky hip-hop by q that's what i call him now um, <laughs> if, I, if i have to be called pinky hip-hop by somebody to talk to him i'll, I'll do that so yeah, we ended whenever up whenever i see q he <laughs> says what's up pinky yeah you know we go way back way back to krs one <laughs> So we had a good time at the show, and he had, you know, as you do, no matter what you look like, if you're rich and, you know, uh, famous, you do have girls that'll talk to you. So he had a bunch of girls talking, and we ended up taking a couple back to his hotel room and had a night of debauchery that, you know, I remember fondly. I'm not going to tell all the details, but um, I'd say a good 98% of the night was just Quentin 
telling us how awesome he was. <laughs> so, you know, and I can't imagine who's going to disagree with that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, like I imagine him like pacing, kind of like walking around. Yeah, it was a circular, talking. circular pacing motion. Um, some some stories required him to jump up on the coffee table or what, whatever, and lots of drinks were spilled. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just one of those one of those nights. Where and you, you were the pink hair dude. I was that Pinky guy. Hip hop. I would like to think that if someone brings that up to him, especially because they could point out the date of it, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I do. I, I do remember, remember him. Yeah, he changed my life." <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I I'm saying eventually we're gonna see. You know, it's gonna be up on there. It'll be like the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino. You know, and there will be some scene, urban setting. Samuel L. Jackson's gonna be in it. Gary Oldman. And they're going to be referring to this dude named Pinky Hip Hop. I hope Samuel L. Jackson plays no. Pinky Hip Hop. No, nah, man. You have a, <laughs> y'all need to talk to Pinky Hip Hop, man. I love that idea so much. <laughs> so much. That's great. So uh, do you guys have any uh, – we'll, we'll fast forward back into it now. Because <laughs> I, I had to hear that. I mean – that's too good Obviously, of a story to let see, lie. See, yeah, mm-hmm. I heard little Quentin Tarantino snippet earlier, and I was like, "Well, this has to be shared because yes, I am. A, I would, I would give anything for that to be my story." Yeah, well, keep dreaming, mine. I know, I know, <laughs> so I will, there. I will. People, people sometimes steal other people's stories. That might be the one that gets stolen. <laughs> I'm telling someone on an over, airplane. Right. I'm yeah, yeah. Put the union on the patio all over here. He'll tell them the story. And it was wild. It man. was wild. <laughs> so, do you guys have any uh, any shows coming up that we can we can see at? We do. We have one booked at the union. The union's getting plugged hardcore on this podcast, boom, dude, <laughs> as they deserve to. Um, yeah, June seventeenth. We're playing um, with uh, Bright at Night. Nice, you nice. Know, so it's an Athens night, Friday night at the union. Word on the streets is is that man doesn't have too much longer around, and that they're going to be moving to other parts of the country is that soon. Right? I didn't know that. A little birdie wow. told me. Yeah. It does happen. It's going to be sad to see those guys go, but hopefully they start rocking it hard for this uh, for this last go little out bit. With a bang. Are go they all relocating together, or just kind of? I don't really know those yeah. specifics. I've just yeah. heard little chatter. Nice. I've just heard a little chatter from Emerson when I'm talking to him. I think he wants to go out to. Colorado, I heard. I'm telling his secrets right now. He's going to be like, why are you telling this? I'm doing it. That's a good place to be. Who does it? That's that's all I hear now anymore. Like, I'm going to Colorado, bro. (laughs) The only time anybody leaves Athens is when they go to Colorado, basically. Exactly. (laughs) Athens to Colorado or from Colorado back to Athens. (laughs) That's good. Um, I mean, the union's going to have big time shows going. And so I, I couldn't even, I was dumbfounded when i got the call from from scott oh, like, hey, you want to play this week and i was like really biggest week i had no clue i didn't even think i'd be able to get a show like i was like all right maybe in six months after it opens sure. i'll be able to get a show there and i have a lot quicker i'm glad you guys um so is that the only thing booked right now That's is just the only, the yeah we just got done playing a bunch this month gonna be working pretty hard on recording the album that's the goal you know, know. yeah all practicing and getting together's focused on that but it's not gonna. We're not gonna take a long time on it either. Mm. These songs have been written and ready for a while. What is your favorite? Where, where's your favorite 
place to play. What's the best stage in Athens? You say you like the Union. I mean, obviously, you love to be coming back to the Union. That's home, like we were saying. We played there. Is that the favorite place? The night before it burnt down, or two nights before? Two nights before it burnt down. That's the only time the Touchy Feelies played there. No, we played another time before that. We played. I think we played there like just one other time though, maybe. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, But yeah, it was two nights before. Kind of crazy. So yeah, I'm I'm anxious to remember what it felt like. Right. Because I love that place. Right. But uh, in Jackie O's, in I mean we've played the brew pub uh-huh. and oh, the I public love house. I love the tap room and the tap room. Yeah. And all three of those are enjoyable. They're all yeah. And they I work for us too. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, I think because it is a nice mix of uh, ages and you know, I think, um, yeah, I think. Older people can get into us. I don't know if that's offensive. No, we well, I love how they're building that area, de- yeah. uh, you know, over there on Stimson. I think some more stuff should be kind of developed oh, yeah. over there to kind of we bring it. But I think Sunday that's a perfect Sunday. place. Yeah, we just played and there. And it was outside. It was so much fun. It sounded so good. The sound guys were so good. They... Yeah, Retushin's doing awesome with that Sunday yeah, Sunday thing. he's great. And that's over, too. That's the area where they, like, lined the whole entire roof with... With uh, solar panels, right? Yeah, man. Really cool that they're doing all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, I was just talking to somebody the other day about how, you know, whether it's... uh, Athens is a place where the people that live there, I mean, more... It's it's a silly statement to say, because of course the people that live in a city make the city. Yeah. But Athens really does. And I was just saying it with somebody the other day, what, you know, whether it's just uh, these great bands that are being brought up, but more uh, importantly, too, that... All these uh, entrepreneurs that are saying, you know, the system doesn't have anything for us. It's fucking hard to find a job, but fuck that. We're going to make our own. And they're making some really great businesses that aren't just businesses. You know, they they create the community. Yeah, I love uh, that. I love what they're doing there at the the tap room down there. They're doing it with um, their priorities are in the right order, it seems like. It does. They're not greedy capitalistic you know it's uh keep it local and you know do things the right way and and, uh put customers first and things like that and i just love the way this city champions people who who go about it that way too Mm -hmm. it's like you're doing things the right way we're going to come you know be patrons at your business because of that Everybody wins. Absolutely. And then, of course, like the staple. I mean, Casa has been here forever and just the whole worker own and, and that, that you know, that. yeah. And, and they're not going anywhere. That's like a staple of Athens. And um, yeah, I, I personally. Yeah, I, I love Casa as well. They're really good to us. and They're great people. Yeah. yeah. All of them are. I mean, Josh Brown, he's like the nicest guy in the world. He's amazing. So, yeah. I actually had. Uh, sent him an email the other day. I do a lady's hair named Miriam, and she has go. She, I do her hair every Wednesday so she can go to dinner at Casa. <laughs> she says, "Honey, sometimes there's music. When do I get to see the touchy feelies while I eat dinner on my Wednesday?" Amen, like, honey. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna talk to Josh Brown about this, Miriam. So last time I saw him, I was like, Josh Brown. I've got, we've got a fan, <laughs> a dinner fan. <laughs> but hey, she's there every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, she's there. She'd be up dancing, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we've only played there a couple times, too. Yeah. I love, I'm trying to get Josh on as a guest. I love Josh Brown. Yeah. Great guy. He's the man. 
I, I love how all these places too are really willing to work with musicians, you know, and, and, and treat them like, like people for the most part and uh, treat them well. Yeah. It's a comfortable experience. That's not always the case. Yeah. You go to other, clubs, other, other venues. Yeah. You don't get so much love. And of course, you know, it's easy is when, when the people know you, you roll up to a venue in another city and they don't know who the fuck you are, I guess. They're not going to give you the same love, but just how easy they accept you. Yeah, man. Bring it. You bring good music. We love you. <laughs> are you guys going to play us a little ditty? A little tune? Yeah, we are. We're going to get to hear a little bit of the touchy feelies. Yeah, of course. You ready for that? Yeah. How would you guys feel about doing something like that? Well, I'm always ready. I mean, we, I, I happened to bring my guitar. On Did you? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I, don't, I had it tucked oh. away, but. Great, awesome. So yeah, just uh, if you got something you want to play, just kind of tell us about these songs and let's let's hear that. Cool, man. Okay. Yeah, we'll play one uh, another original. It's going on the record. It's called Unnaturally. like I'm finally coming to From a night I had a year ago with you Pain came down You never turned around Those neon lights did not agree The way that I saw you and you saw me And it hurts to say to run away We lived as fast as we could breathe but we died unnaturally We died unnaturally kind of heart that tends to freeze and set in stone like catacomb My heart just could not stand the weight Your heart was more than it could take and so it froze That's just the way it goes As fast as we could breathe, we died unnaturally. We died unnaturally.
without you wanting me without you wanting me without you wanting me I have all that I need without you wanting me Yeah, man. That was a uh, was a happy the happy the happy heartache song. Yeah, happy, more <laughs> more songs. Love it. Brought to you. Hey, like like Not I said, hard. you guys start start harmonizing and singing together, and my foot can't stop tapping over here. Like hey. I'm trying to record video over here. Stop moving, Hill. <laughs> You got some more for us? Of course. Awesome. Let's um let's do let's do a train song. Alright. Do a cover. Beautiful one. Yeah, we that, that was one. absolutely beautiful. Thank you, man. I love that. I I love the uh, I love the the feeling of the of the words "be long" and how it sometimes sound like "be long" sure. and sometimes it sounds like it's "belong." 
Yeah. That's some good writing, sir. Be long and be long. I didn't write that one, though. <laughs> That's a cover song. Dang it. It's all right, though. I mean, I think that doing cover songs are... Uh, there's a, a way for you to make them your own, and I think we do a good job of that. I agree. So I already feel silly enough for not realizing that was a cover, so who is that a cover of? Well, that's... Um, I don't even... I'm not even sure of the man who wrote it. We know mm. it through... Uh, there's a compilation out there called Dark Was the Night, and Ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie and Feist, mm-hmm. um, they did a do they do right. that, and it's amazing. And there's I I don't remember the original either. It's a woman though. I think that oh, is it? it's oh man, the original so good. It's like really haunting. And, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's, That's what I felt. It's a great there. song. <laughs> so is something like that is like a cover like that. Is that something we can expect on this new recorded album? We're all the things we're recording are originals. 10 okay. originals, but covers have been a big part of our live set and always will be. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, I think, since we started playing shows so quickly. Oh, yeah. I mean, so we kind yeah, of like, show came. That's, I had maybe yeah. five songs written. Right. So, so we had to we had to fill the gaps and we but all the covers we do, we have special, a special love for. for but, sure. Yeah. And they're fairly obscure, too. I mean, yeah. it's not like we're doing, you know. Hit me, baby, one more time. Right. <laughs> Which could be cool. I Actually, mean, yeah, no, we can I make say it, that out right? loud. New project. Uh-oh, coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, so with that being said then, can you hit me with an original? Well, yeah, of course. Of course we can. Well, then hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> He'll set us up for that. <laughs> um, let's see here. What should we play? Um, we can do... We can do, we can do, um, what we play, I don't care what you say, we can play, um, um, what's it called, (laughs) You'll Never Leave It Alone, or... I think, did he play that one? No, we can play that one. Okay. I love it. (laughs) I was trying to remember which ones you would play. Well, we couldn't remember which ones you would play. Well, this is classic Touchy Feelies, too, because Andrea begs me to make a set list every time we, I mean, she does. (laughs) I like to be prepared. She does, and I understand that, and I... I don't, but I think also, to be honest with you, like the more you want me to make it, the bigger kick I get out of not making a sandwich. I agree. Last time he made one, he snuck and he was like, I caught him doing it because he wanted to just pull it out in front of me uh, yeah. to make me laugh. I don't want her to know. Right. Well, good. So this, this is, is like the, this is the true touchy feelies experience. Yeah, yeah you're getting it, man. Me looking at him like, what are we doing now? Behind the fucking music, man. I told you we should have made it solid. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Heart is all I own. 
I do like the mixture that you're talking about, um, sort of the, the the feeling of what the song's about and the way that it's delivered are kind of different, but also complement each other. And and uh, I like it. Okay. I don't know. I it's like kind of you like it. I love I love it, man. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a juxtaposition going there mm-hmm. on, on there, if you will. Uh, yeah. Now that I pay attention to it, all these lyrics are a lot about heartache and loss, but. Um, I can't possibly perform a song without a smile on my face when Andrea's next to me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you too. You too. We're very touchy-feely. Yeah, you're touchy so and you're feely. We always so give peely. each other like little hugs after, even during. after like during the show. Yeah, yeah I was going to say after the shows, but usually during. Uh, so with back. me and Schwartz, <laughs> it's like, it's like, yo, pound it. So right. that it's not like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. the equivalent. Yo, bro, pound yeah, it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's that except not anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you up here. I'm really happy. Our pleasure, man. So, yeah. once again, when is that show at the Union that you guys got coming up? Friday, June 17th. Friday, mm-hmm. June 17th. And you guys don't have anything recorded. Can anyone go can check anything out of yours, that WYSO show, anything that Absolutely. you'd like to plug? Yeah, um, the, y- the, WYS sh- oh, blah, blah, blah. the WYSO show is uh, always up. It's... Uh, touchyfeelies at wyso.org we're on the kaleidoscope show there I think it's on our Facebook the link is on our Facebook page (laughs) oh yeah uh, Facebook we just got an Instagram Instagram that his lovely girlfriend is uh, yeah she's at the helm yeah yeah, which is good because it means shit will get done you guys gotta get into that digital realm JJ Reed said it here the other day this should be good oh Facebook's the future guys (laughs) (laughs) 
JJ quote. I love it. That's so JJ. I love that guy so much. Right? He was the first person I met in Athens. Awesome. The first person I met. Well, that's a good first person. He's yeah, a good man, representation of Athens. Absolutely. I feel like he should be everybody's first person. I knew what person. I was getting into after that. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad at all. Facebook's the future. Right. We're yeah. writing that down. So remember that, guys. Yeah. You guys got to get on that. It's the Touchy Feelies. They've been live with me here on View from the Hill, and you can listen to that live at www.viewfromthehill.com every other Saturday. And you'll be able to listen to the replay of this episode. You can also listen to the replay on the iPhone app, the podcast app on any of your iOS devices and on iTunes. Guys, it's been awesome. I'm going to have to ask you one more time. Can I get one more? Well, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. That's what we do. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's get it. Let's, <laughs> let's have you guys take us out of here. We would love to, man. All right. This one's called Left Me Lonely. you hide and let you see and let you find me and I gave you all of me and I left me lonely left me lonely I let you know that I believe that if I let you in that you would never leave and that left me lonely left me lonely All night that I'm not to lead I had a million lost to choose from But they weren't the ones for me And that left me lonely Now I cry eight days a week Just to hold your hand and have you please please me And that leaves me lonely It leaves me lonely I stand solitary Waiting for the one with that missing piece of me And that leaves me lonely Leaves me lonely It's a hard life that I have to live I have a million odds to choose from But they aren't the ones for me And that leaves me lonely Say, it was before you came, and I won't be fine till your body is next to mine. Oh, yeah. Let you hide, let you see. Let you find me and I gave you all of me and that left me lonely. Left me lonely. It's a hard life that I had to lead. I had a million odds to choose from, but they weren't the ones for me and that left me lonely. Yes, sir.